Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-minute power segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about, with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. G'day and welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 903, my interview with Michael Arterberry. We're talking about be encouraged. Guys, it's a great topic. Michael's been on a very interesting journey himself, going from a lot of challenges and turmoil in life and overcoming it to a greater life. He is the author of a book called Be Encouraged, 250 Days of Motivation and Encouragement. And really, this conversation is very timely with all the challenges that we're facing right now. It's really looking at life through a more positive, internally guided perspective and using the challenges that we face as opportunities for advancement. Guys, enjoy this conversation with Michael Arterberry. Cheers. Michael, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. Great to have you here. Yes, yes. Great to be here. Great to be here. Yes. Be encouraged. This is the, uh, the topic of the day. Uh, be encouraged. Uh, you've been through a bit of a journey yourself in life and certainly out there to help others and motivate others and I suppose provide encouragement. But what does this mean to you, this topic? You know, be encouraged. I think that people have the tendency to look at their lives and feel as if when they come to a dead end that they really don't have a way of making a proper decision or moving or making that next maneuver. So, you know, when I think of being encouraged, it's being able to take obstacles and change the obstacles into opportunities. You know, so when you get into a position where you feel as if um, there is no answer, slowing down, looking at it from a proper perspective, and then navigating and making adjustments that are consistent with really where your thought process is. You know, when you think about the Corona-19, which is going on, you know, this has been a time for me where I've had to, you know, where I live, it's in lockdown. And a lot of people would look at it as, wow, I can't go to work. You know, everything's shut down. You know, even the brain juices kind of stopped flowing. But for me, I got really creative. And in the process, you know, I've been able to work on some virtual things, you know, with my business um, and, and being able to take the opportunity to to make it uh, more positive. You know, um, as far as my life is concerned, I've, I've you know, I grew up in a home um, with a, a raging alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in poverty, um, not very much money, um, dysfunctional, you know, I mean, as far as dysfunction, you know, I have siblings and the area where I lived and all these things were part of my growing up. And I like to say that if you looked at my life, 
um, on paper. If there was a profile and you, you somebody pulled out a file and you looked at me as a child or a youth on paper, what I've been able to achieve in my life um, is nowhere equal to the, what my profile would lay out. So, you know, when I talk about being encouraged, I feel as if what I've survived in my life was was for me to not only take a lesson from it on an individual level, but it was also for me to be able to project and help others get to a place where they can be encu- be encouraged as well. Yeah, I mean, the courage right now is is pretty critical, isn't it, to um, to move forward in this very uncertain, surreal times that we're living. Um, can you give us a bit of your backstory, like the, the journey of you? I've, you've just told us, um, you know, how you grew up and stuff. But what were some of the key challenges you faced in life, and and uh, what have we done to move through them? You know, one of the key challenges. Matter of fact, can can I? I like to tell a. It's a quick story, yeah. Lee, but it, it but it but it it capsulizes really what my life is about. So, just just check it out. Here it goes. It's about a farmer and a donkey. Yeah. All right. So imagine a farmer and a donkey, and this donkey is like his favorite donkey. Now it's one of, a favorite farm animal. Now it's, it's his favorite farm animal. Because what he does is he he works the fields, but when he finishes work in the fields, he brings the donkey back to the house and he allows the donkey to play with his kids and they ride him, they wash him. So the donkey is more like a a farm animal, but also a pet. Hmm. But one night when they finished working and he brought him home to the kids, he released the donkey out, um, you know, out on a farm. And as the donkey was wandering, he fell into an empty water well. Now, when he fell into the empty water well, obviously he couldn't get out. By the morning, the farmer realized he was missing, and so he went looking for him. He went looking for him. He found him at the bottom of the well. Of course, he wants to get him out. So he goes and gets six of his friends to help him get the donkey out. They decide they're going to pull the donkey out with some rope. So they all get some rope, and they lasso it up, and they start throwing the rope down. They throw it down, they miss. They throw it down, they miss. Hmm. They throw it down, they get it around his neck. They don't want to pull that because it'll choke him. Finally, they throw it by his hind legs. He steps into the rope. They shimmy up his body, and they start pulling. They pull the donkey moves. They pull the donkey moves. They pull the donkey moves. Halfway up the well, they realize that the donkey's too heavy. So when they realize that he's too heavy, They lower him back to the bottom of the well. And now this farmer has to make a grim decision. Now, see, he can't feed him food at the bottom of the well because that would be ridiculous. Hmm. He can't starve him in his mind. He doesn't want to starve him because if he starves him, you know, that's that's almost like torture. This thing is, you know, he's like his pet. So then one of his hot-headed friends is like, oh, just shoot him. He's like, no, that's too violent. But one of his more reasonable friends says, listen, you don't want your kids to fall into the well. So let's bury him with dirt. You're going to have to sacrifice your donkey, but your kids will be safe. And so the farmer says, you know what? I can live with that. So the farmer and the guys, they start shoveling dirt. And every time that dirt would hit the donkey, he would scream. And every time he screamed, it would cause the farmer some distress. Dirt scream, dirt scream, dirt scream. And then all of a sudden, the scream stopped. Now, when the scream stopped, they give the donkey a moment of silence, but they continue their mission. They keep Mm. shoveling, they keep shoveling, they keep shoveling. All of a sudden, they see the donkey's right ear. They keep shoveling, they keep shoveling. The next thing you know, you see half his body. They keep shoveling and they keep shoveling. And the next thing you know, Lee, that donkey walked right out of the well 
<laughs> that he fell into. <laughs> now, check this out, Lee. Every time that dirt came across the wall, it would fall on his back. He would shake it off and he would step on it. And he took every scoop of dirt that was meant to kill him to save his life. Now, I tell you that story, Lee, because when you talk about who I am and what I represent, that's exactly what I did. Hmm. I took I took living in a home where I had a raging alcoholic father that never allowed me any peace. I mean, imagine he died when I was 16, but I never went one day, one day not worrying about coming home to my house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I lived in poverty. So you got to figure I had two parents. They worked full time. My mom was a housekeeper. So she cleaned people's homes. So she made money, but it wasn't a lot of money. And what was terrible about it is that my dad would spend his money in the streets. So my mother was raising four kids with just her salary. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And then, you know, on top of all of that, you have what's going on in my home. And then I was privileged enough to actually go to school outside of where I lived. And I lived in in the ghetto of of where I lived. But my dad drove a bus for a very affluent um, school district. So I was able to actually go to school in this place where these people had these um, humongous mansions. And so I, I, I grew up having to live in an environment, hide my poverty and see all these kids after actually live these wealthy lives and still continue to push forward to try to be successful. Hmm. You know, but I'll tell you this, you know, and, and, and I remember I used to take a bus up to this school and I remember getting on the bus and I could barely see over the seats. And as I'm, you know, going to this to, to this school, when you leave my neighborhood, the homes would change as we would periodically yeah. go towards the school. Now, I tell you that because it was perfect seed, because as I would see these bigger homes, it, it made me say to myself, when I get older, you see what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to have. And so part of the catalyst of pushing me to be successful was that house. And I'll never forget when I used to fall asleep, this home that I lived in, if I showed you a picture of it, Lee, you would think my home was condemned. Boards on the windows, barely having heat in the winter. So it was it was horrific. But I remember falling asleep in bed and saying to myself that when I got older, when I had my own children, they would never, ever have to live in the environment that I come, came from. Mm. And I'll tell you, I have a 16-year-old and I have a 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And see, I, I, I graduated. Now I have the house. I have the house that I used to look at outside of the window when I was on the bus. Mm. So I had to graduate. I graduated to having that house of the dreams. But what I've been able to do is I was able to break a cycle You see what I'm saying? And my kids don't know anything about what I went through as a childhood. All they know is about the outcome of what I had as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Love it, mate. I love the uh, the story about the donkey too. Um, And it's really important to take that, you know, again, it goes back to what you said at the start of this interview is take the turmoil, take the challenges, take the obstacles that we face and turn them into, you know, figure out how to use them as an opportunity or as a lesson or as as a path. To, to greater things you've you've obviously been through a lot you know hardship than than myself and, and probably many of the people listening to this in, in your personal journey um 
and I think that, you know, I hear of the stories all the time that can often lead to this inner drive and, and self-encouragement, going back to the, the word of today, um, to really push you forward and, and push you through those challenges um, more drastically than perhaps the people that haven't been through that. Do you feel that as well? Like, do you feel that some people uh, maybe like your kids now? I mean, obviously, they've, they've got a better upbringing and um, perhaps, you know, they're not as motivated to, to go through those challenges as you have been. Yeah, you know, they, I, I think it happens. It happens, you know, and, you know, I do groups with, um, with, with teens and, and, and high school students. And, um, you know, what, what, what I feel happens when you have complacency, um, if a person kind of dives in their story, you know, see, people think that you have to come from where I come from to actually have a story. But yeah. even if you have money. You know, you know, you to have money, you know, I, I went into the ghetto of, of one of these towns and, and I'll never forget this. And it was an, uh, uh, a young African-American boy. And in his mind, every Caucasian white person had money. Hmm. And so in his head, that was the case. And so I say that to you because my drive is from what I came through. But I think that some people can tap into whatever is their passion to create whatever drive you want. Now with my kids, what I do because I'm their dad is I can't pass to them my personal struggle, but I've found a nice balance where I am who I am. So I've never changed. Some people change. So like some people make it and once they make it, their personality changes and they forget where they came from. You see what I'm saying? But what I'm able to do is they, they still get to see somewhat of the rugged side of where I came from. And the sad thing, though, Lee, to be honest with you, is that my siblings, they're doing better, but my siblings didn't break the cycle as early. So when they go see their cousins, my you know, their cousins are not in the position that they are. So they get to actually see like, wow, mm. you know. This is the way my cousins live because, you know, my uncle, their uncle or their aunt didn't do what daddy did. So they're, they're able to see that rugged side, but at the same time, be able to be appreciative um, of what they have. And, and to be quite honest, there's times where, you know, they're not as appreciative. And if I have to, I have to drive that message home a little stronger to let them know, like, listen, some things are just not given. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do when you're working with individuals um, that are going through those challenges and just really struggle to, to find, because I'm quite self-motivated myself, um, but I know a lot of people probably aren't. So how do, you, how do you guide people and help them get that encouragement? You know, what I like to do is I like to, um, I, like, I like for them to find their stories, but I do it through steps. So I run a, I run a workshop with teenagers and I'm actually um, branching out during this time down to do do it with adults as well. But, mm. you know, I do a two day workshop where I run uh, students through an experiential experience. And I say that because the first place I start is is affirmation. You know, how they yeah, right. how they how, how they see themselves. And I explain to them that, you know, it's a struggle for you to be able to be positive about yourself on an individual level. So your brain is already telling you negative things. Mm. But then you also have people 
who add to those negative thoughts. And that could be peers. It could be uh, brothers and sisters, mothers and mothers and fathers. And I explain to them that um, we are all products of our thought lives. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so what I explain to them is that if you allow the negative thoughts that you have in your mind, you have the negative thoughts that are coming from other people control you and, 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 and make the person that you are. I use a tag that I say that you are the passenger of your car and not the driver. Yeah. So I want them to be the driver of their cars and not the, the passenger of their cars. And I feel as if, you know, when you talk about getting that drive to be successful, when you self-reflect and you get a real strong sense of who you are as a person, um, it sets you up to be able to attack and go after things because then you realize, like, you know, I do an activity with them called Who Am I? So they write down on um, 10 slips of paper, 10 characteristics, good and bad, that describe who they are. And then I read a script about how those words affect them in life. And then I have them crumble up each piece of paper after I read one line in the script. And then when I finish having them go through all 10 slips of the paper, I then have them pick up the qualities that they want back. And then I have them keep the ones on the floor that they don't want back. Hmm. And then we start to debrief it. And what they start to realize is that during those 10 slips of paper, they start to see what they want to highlight in their lives. And then those papers that are on the floor are papers that they have now made the decision that that is something that they need to eliminate from their lives and put it to the side and move on to be a better person. Yeah, yeah. I like that little activity. And the affirmations, I mean, can you just describe to us what, what an affirmation is and, and, and how that looks in a, in a practice? You know, uh, like, like for me, uh, confidence, you know. So, so you know, for me, um, like I'll give an example. I'm, I'm a big guy. I work out. Um, I was an elite athlete. Um, and that was part of what allowed me to get through the tumultuous uh, childhood that I had was because I, mm. I, I was able to take what was going on in my home and I would I would I would put it out on the field. I mean, I played uh, four sports, basketball, baseball, football and soccer. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated to go to go off to college, I could have gone. I don't know if divisions, division one, division two, like the I could have gone top top of the line for all four of the sports. Mm. So that's that's how good I am in sports. But I say that to you because I had a spinal cord injury that I suffered. Um, I was born with a cyst on my spinal cord. It went undetected. Wow. And it almost yeah, it almost took it almost made me paralyzed. But they found it just in time. I have some nerve damage in my legs. So I, I have difficulty walking. And I finally, you know, I'm a little bit older. I've, I've resorted to to a, a, a motorized scooter because my kids are very involved in sports. Now, I'm saying this to you because when you talk about affirmation, I had to before I can get into that scooter, I had to have a firm, strong affirmation of myself because I'm this big, muscular dude pulling into a gymnasium on a motorized scooter. <laughs> but because, you know, you know what I'm saying, Lee? So, you know, but but because I've done the work in that department, you know, when I when I when I pull into the to the to the gymnasium, never 
and I'm telling you this real talk, never do I pull into a gymnasium and say to myself, wow, is somebody looking at me and saying why? You know what I'm saying? I, those thoughts don't go off. So I don't have a complex of getting in my scooter. If anything, you know, my wife will laugh. You know, I can't wait to get to my car so I can pull it out and drive it. I wish I could drive it in and out of my house, to be quite honest with you. But affirmation is when you really don't have to get value from another person. Yeah. And see, when, when, when you can stand independent and not feel as if you need value from others, that's a powerful concept. You know what I'm saying? And so it puts you in a, in a place where I'm trying to teach my daughter. She's a teenager and, you know, a young lady. And, yeah. you know, they thrive off of feeling accepted and being part of a group. But I try to explain to her, listen, if you got a strong sense of self, you know, you, you don't really need those friends to make you feel like you're somebody. Hmm. You just have to be able to feel like you're somebody without anybody being able to put that value towards you. But it's got to be a hard thing to block out when we're constantly on you know, Facebook, social media and constantly connected to everyone online to, to put aside that external influence on, on who we are and what we think about ourselves. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and see, that's the sad thing about social media, you know, but see what you what, what remember we I started out, we started talking about pers- perspective, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and and, you know, what what I try to teach, especially especially young people, but it goes for adults as well, yeah. is that some people for the people that live off of the social media, you know, they forget that, you know, there's real life out there. So you got these people that live in this fantasy world of, of social media, you know, like I see posts and you'll see people that you follow and you would swear they were on vacation like every day of the year. I mean, come on. Hmm. You know what I mean? How could you be on a beach 365 days of the year, you know, or every picture that they put up, they're smiling. You know what I mean? But, you know, what I, what I mean by is I understand what you're saying um, but if you don't have the proper perspective, you know, I have a, a young man. He's not a young man. I knew I've known him <laughs> since he was a teenager. He's in his, his, his late 30s. But, you know, what happens when you have that mentorship? I remember him as a boy, but he had to pull himself off of social media because he found that he was comparing himself. But it was good. It was cool. I felt like it was such a great decision because he did it on his own. He says, you know what? I'm comparing myself. And it's put me in a position where I feel less than I need to separate myself from this so that I can gather myself, you know what I'm saying, and be more positive in my daily life. Yeah, so really, you, I mean, even whether you switch off totally or not, but just being aware that comparison to others it should be irrelevant to your, your personal perspective of where you want to head. Yes, yes. Definitely. Definitely. You know what I mean? Uh, and comparison, you know, it's funny when you say that, um, you know, I was I, I would say that I was blessed with never. I never had that. And I kind of laughed because, it, well, you, some people may call it cocky. It's not cocky. So don't, I'm not being conceited, but I never had an idol with like sports. So if I was on a basketball court shooting baskets, I would never shoot the basket. And say I was a famous guy. I was always me. Hmm. If I was throwing a football, it was me. If I was shooting a basketball, it was me. If I was hitting a baseball. So, you know, I try to teach that. That, you know, you don't really want to give other people the power. You know, 
you know, with these athletes and, and they talk about influence, you know, yeah, you know, yes, they, they're influential, but, you know, you should be the driving force of what makes you and motivates you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Finding that internal guidance and motivation. And I think that's the, that's the knack of it all. Yeah, 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 it is. And I, I listen to your podcast, Happiness. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, I think people, people complicate things that are simple. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. so, so sometimes you, 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 you grab at something, you know, like, like when I run the young people through these workshops, you know, I feel like going back in your history and seeing what you've gone through throughout your life gives you an opportunity to see the landmines that you may have stepped on on the way um, of of you growing up, and then you've occurred damage, but you don't under, you don't realize it, and it, you take it into your future life. Now I'm saying that mm-hmm. because sometimes when you retrace your steps and you see something very simple, something very simple. And you say, wow, that happened to me at that time, but I've now created all my decisions around that simple, that simple event. So, you know, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we complicate something that's very, very simple. And, um, you know, that's what I kind of got from when I was listening to your podcast about happiness. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on happiness and the source of happiness? You know, um, I, I, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just a happy dude. So like, it's just, <laughs> I think it's just, it's, it's in me, it's in my blood, but I think I'm happy. I'm a spiritual guy. I'm very much, I'm very much into my, I'm, I'm a spiritual uh, based person. And I think that my, my relationship with a higher power, um, brings me peace and it brings me happiness. Yeah. You know, and so I make sure that I take care of that first thing every morning, you know, with this spinal cord injury. Um, I've I've the blessing of it is the fact that my lower extremities, my legs, I don't build lactic acid. So I say that to you because I can do cardiovascular work for days. Right. Like, I mean, I can literally stay on a stationary bike for five hours straight and, and my legs won't get tired and they won't burn. So I do like four, four hours cardio a day, plus like an hour of anaerobic lifting. So what I do is in the mornings, I, I, I start my day out with, with worship, you know, and I, I spend time listening to different, different people speak spiritually. And then I listen to my spiritual music before I start out to do anything else. And I think sometimes finding balance, people do yoga or different things, you know, but I, I, I got a place where I can go almost like my closet where I can gather it. And so even during the day, if I feel like I'm off balance, again, I have that consistent thing where I can go and grab that sunshine and that happiness to get me, get me back where I need to be. Yeah. Nice man. And where to from here, mate? Like how can people connect with you online and, and find a bit about, bit about your work and what you're doing there? Yeah. Well, um, um, well, can a few things that I put together. Hmm. Uh, can I talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I, I'm glad I got to tell my story about the donkey because what I put <laughs> together, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I love it. Love it's great. Yeah. 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 Whenever I speak, 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm a motivational speaker, and I start all my, my my talks with that. I actually tell that story, and then I show a picture of that condemned house that I grew up in, and I take them deeper into the story. But um, I put together right before Corona 19 came hmm. uh, a Shake the Dirt conference. And so what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to have a two-day experience where people get to come and spend it with me. And we go through the two-day experiential um, experience. And, and I allow them during the experience, you know, it's about 20 or 30 participants at a time. So they get to dive into their story, but also get to, to gain some community with the others that are in the group. So that's the Shake the Dirt um, conference. Now I just launched a Shake the Dirt experience um, course. Yeah. So I just launched that. Um, they can go to shakethedirtexperience.com and they can sign up for the course. Um, we have a start date of April 14th, but we're not really uh, strong on that start date. We just want to get some participants. But my course... I've put together, and what the course is, is it's not obviously interactive in the sense of me being there in person, but we're going to do it online, again, about 20 participants at a time, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through a series of, of activities that will allow you to touch your past, but again, be able to touch your past so that you can put things together to move forward to um to have a better quality of life so that's the shake shake the dirt experience um and then you know i have my my facebook mike michael dot arterbury um i have um my instagram they can see me on instagram where it's it's business and then a little a little of of who i am personally i used to be a bodybuilder after yeah, I play football. Yeah. So after, you know, every once in a while I flex on air a little bit, showing what I got. I'm 52, but I still get it done. Um, I have LinkedIn, my LinkedIn, um, which is, you know, Michael Arterbury. Um, I have my website for my motivational speaking, which is michaelarterbury.com. Um, I also have a nonprofit that I bring a character education program into high schools and that is youth voices center dot org um and i think i think that's it. Oh, and, yeah yeah and, and my book i'm sorry and, and my book, book yeah which, which we'll stick a link in is, the show notes yeah yeah uh, my book is be encouraged and so you know I'm, I'm 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 a man of of many things but be encouraged is i bleed that i bleed that lee yeah, man. Look, um, what what you can do, just send us the links. And guys listening today, I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode. Um, so this episode is, I don't actually don't know, 903. There you go. So um, I think it's 903 anyway, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll stick all the links in the show notes and, um, you know, feel free to reach out to Michael and say good day and then jump on one of the courses or um, check out some of his other work. Michael, yes, yes. thanks for coming on. Any final uh, final words, mate? No, no, listen, matter of fact, yeah, let me just close with this, Lee. And this is something that I wrote in my book, but I like to always close with this. Short-term thinkers plant gardens. Long-term thinkers plant trees. Eternity-minded thinkers plant themselves in the souls of others. 
you know, and what I hope is that I was able to plant something with your listeners. Mm. I'm hoping that on a personal level, I was able to leave something with you. And, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to, you know, get on your platform and be able to share this positive message with the people. Man, it's been awesome. Thanks for coming on, hey? All right. All right. Thank you, Lee. Guys, check it out, thehiddenwhite.com, episode 903. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life, a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwhy.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the Ratings and Reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Mundelty. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.